Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... PDT Cocktail Book by Jim Meehan, with illustrations by Chris Gall. Hi, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. <laughs> How are you? I am well. How are you? I'm great. Dose, dose today for you, yes, my lady. I got my second jab. I'm very, very happy. But we'll yeah. get we'll get to that in a second. You All got right. some housekeeping to do. I do. Uh, welcome to episode 36 of Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Uh, if you go to uh, wecookbooks.com, uh, you'll see a store tab that will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. And from there, you can make purchases from our list of kitchen essentials for home cooks, as well as our uh, curated cookbook selection featuring books that we've uh, had on our social media. And if you make a purchase from either of those links, um, it will not cost you anything more. We'll get a little bit in return. It's a great way to support what we're doing here um, and get something that you want in return. Um, we also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash wecookbooks. We've got a few different levels there that you can show your support. One just being like an online tip jar where you can just throw us a few bucks. And then at the next level, you'll actually receive um, monthly email with some exclusive content unavailable anywhere else, um, including some recipes and... Um, once a month, I think we're going to do a giveaway just featuring some stuff that we've got kicking around here, like some uh, cookbooks, maybe some fun food-related ingredients, maybe an old pair of shoes. You never know. We'll give you something, though. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. You'll see. I'm entranced by your rambling. I'm just like, everyone is asleep by now. Yeah, well, you'll you'll see. This is, this is common for the show. All right. So, yeah, as you mentioned, you got your shot. I got my shot. You still feeling okay? I'm feeling fine. Um, Don't worry. The low-grade fever, headaches, and nausea are coming soon. I am steel. I'm, I will not get sick. <laughs> I wish no. I was. I, when, when we got home, I went upstairs and uh, worked out with my barbells a little bit, my dumbbells, just to kind of work the flexing. muscle. Because my arm doesn't hurt right now. Um, and to celebrate, we went and got a chicken sandwich from... There's this place in Oak Park. Okay, Chicago people or anywhere in near the Chicago area. There's this place, and we are not getting paid to promote these guys. Nope, just, just we friends, love them. We're friends big of fans. Ours. Um, there's this place called Carn- Carnivore, which is a butcher shop and a seafood shop. Yeah. Um, kind of an old school butcher shop. Like you go in there, and these guys know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's it's really great, and they also they have a very very small limited menu of freshly made to order food and we always get a fried chicken sandwich and let me tell you i would walk through glass to get this chicken sandwich and it's been yonks since we've had one so that was our our little celebration yep. so but anytime you can celebrate with a fried chicken sandwich right do it so please go check them out get a fried chicken sandwich I've I've never had any of the other sandwiches from there, but I'm sure they're all amazing. Mm-hmm. So, 
I, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Uh, Thursday was our 22nd wedding anniversary. Our golden anniversary. See? But it doesn't seem like 22 years, does it? Oh, it seems so much longer. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> you, you, you find someone you love and... Uh, the time just flies right and, by. Uh, the, the comedy and humor and everything just pours out and just... Sure. Yeah. It's funny, though, because when we speaking of comedy and humor, when we first got together, I thought he had the worst sense of humor. I was like, he's so not funny at all. And now you came to your senses. Now we've had like this kind of mind meld of. uh, Yeah, a mind meld. Basically, we find the same things funny, make the same jokes. Oh, wait, wait till the the (laughs) joke for the show. I got a good one. (laughs) Is it blue? Yeah. I no, no, uh, no, this is actually a nice clean one that you can okay. tell your, your nieces and nephews. He was telling me some blue jokes last night that, that were Strangely cracking. had nothing to do with food either. <laughs> we're talking about like j- dick jokes, but they're like supposed to be categorized as food. That's I, where they were on the <laughs> internet, but they were, there was no food anywhere within the joke. Hmm. Uh, hey, hey, I think it's worth noting, like we, we do direct people to the Amazon link, um, you know, for purchases and whatnot. And we definitely appreciate that support. But today happens to be Independent Bookstore Day. Yay. And if you have one in your town, um, please get out and support them now more than ever. They really need our support. We've got a great one here in Chicago called Read It and Eat. So if you yes. live here, if you visit... Um, make a point to check them out and it really is like a candy store for cookbooks. Here, here's the thing um, I think Amazon is good. Amazon is really great for keeping a wish list of books that you want and then like when you go to an independent bookstore you can pull up your little wish list and uh, see what's what. Go find something. Go buy a book from your independent bookstore. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um what are we having for dinner tonight? Oh, this is a good one. Um, so we made a loaf of challah from uh, the book uh, Shook, which we're currently working on. And um, the recipe yielded two loaves. And so we had a second one in there that strangely we had not already devoured um, I'm like kinda, we did the first one. I'm kinda, I'm just, I'm burn, I've been eating so much bread. Carb I'm, overload. Yeah, I'm kind of burnt out on it. So, you know, what do we do with this loaf of challah? And we decided we are going to make a strata based on uh, Sola Elwele's, uh recipe from Food 52. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're doing challah strata. Challah. <laughs> hey, you remember that time that we saw challah strata open for the Flaming Lips at Bonnaroo? <laughs> so great <laughs> Ooh, let's talk about what we had for uh our anniversary dinner yeah dude take it away okay this was all you because i was a little under the weather i had my second shot earlier in the week he got it on when you got it on tuesday and about 24 hours later it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks and Ooh. i was out of commission for a good 24 hours wednesday he felt like garbage he slept a lot yep that that's unusual. <laughs> it, it actually is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I did not feel well. And then for uh, for our anniversary dinner, I was going to do some braised lamb shanks. Uh, kind, it was kind of inspired, um, uh, loosely based um, from a recipe from Eating Out Loud by Aaron Grinchpan. Eden Grinchpan. E- Eden Grinchpan. Yep. Sorry, I misspoke. Um, 
Uh, it was braised lamb shank with some honey and some apricots, really nicely spiced, a ton of garlic. And uh, I let I ended up letting it marinate for two days because we were going to get a little uh, cheese tray. To We were just going to make a little cheese plate to nosh on because the lamb took like three hours to make. So we ended up just having the um, cheese tray for our anniversary hey, dinner. to this date... Cheese trays are still one of my favorite things to nosh on for dinner. I agree. It's what we do. It's like our new tradition for Thanksgiving. Yep. So we had a lovely cheese plate for our um, anniversary dinner. Yep. And then last night were the lamb shanks. Yep. And they were delicious. So we're extending this. This is like an anniversary weekend <laughs> celebration. I got, I got no problem with that. Um, yeah. So happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, my love. All right. <laughs> Oh, want to tell what we're drinking since we're kind of uh, talking cocktails this week? Yes. Right. What did you make us? Uh, I made us, uh, usually I will do this with bourbon, but um, I decided to switch it up and make it with vodka. It's vodka muddled with peach and mint. And then Trader Joe's sells this really yummy, sparkling peach black tea. Fantastic. That's a good muddle. Thanks. <laughs> I've never had anyone say that to me before. <laughs> That's a tasty beverage. Uh, well, that brings us into our show topic before we uh, jump into this book. Uh, favorite cocktail. And uh, we can't thank everyone enough for all the submissions. And this was another one where people really came through and, and shared. So uh, without further ado, why don't you take it away with the first one? Okay. First of all, let me just say... When people gave us like two or three, I noticed that they are all in kind of the same wheelhouse, which I really appreciate. Like same spirits? Yes. Okay. Um, so David A., his, he, gave, he gave us three. The first one, actually, chocolate bitters. Okay, let me get to it. Uh, Woodford Reserve Old Fashioned with very little sugar, chocolate bitters, and orange zest. That sounds amazing. I mean, chocolate and orange is kind of a classic. Yes, it is. I I would try that. I think we're going to have to put make a note in your phone, Balmer. You got to do that. I can probably do that later. (laughs) (laughs) No, do it now, please. (laughs) Um, The second one was a Grey Goose Dirty Martini. uh, Dry, stirred. Okay. Okay. And then... The third one was a Grey Goose Vodka Gimlet. I love a good gimlet. Do you own some stock in Grey Goose or something? (laughs) All right. I'm a big fan of the gimlet. Our our friend Joseph P. Hi, Joseph. Said he's got a few. First one being a Negroni. Uh He might have been the first person that turned us on to Negronis and by extension Campari. Yes. Um, And then a Boulevardier. And this is funny because this is going to show up on a lot of people's lists. And Which also means man about town. Oh, okay. I did not know <laughs> that. But it's a cocktail, for those who don't know, composed of whiskey, sweet vermouth, and Campari. It's a favorite of ours. And Johnny made one last night. Yep. Um, it's been ascribed to Erskine Gwen, who was a American-born writer who founded a monthly magazine in Paris called The Boulevardier. So it's kind of the namesake drink for that magazine. Um that was published between 27 and 32 in Paris. And it's similar to a Negroni, um, sharing two of the three ingredients. 
but it has um, bourbon or rye as opposed to gin as its primary spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we said, delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, then the third one that he has is Campari on the rocks, slice of orange, splash of soda. Very and, important. And he means a splash of soda. And this is an important distinction because when you go to some bars or restaurants and order a Campari and soda, sometimes they're a little heavy handed on the soda. Yes. So you got to be very specific with them if they're not familiar with, with making them or drinking them. But I, I'm definitely sure that Joseph turned us on to Campari. Absolutely. Because you used to hate it. I used to hate it. I was like, Bleh. but it grew on me. I I would take little sips of yours. Like and my sense of humor? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then number four on this list was nothing else matters. So okay, just those three. All right, those are like his desert island cocktails. Okay, so Lee, our friend Lee, uh, he gave us three choices: old fashioned, Manhattan, and Boulevardier. There it is again. <laughs> what do you prefer, old fashioned or Manhattan? Manhattan. Okay. Definitely. It seems like uh, you know if you like one, you like the other. But I just I know some people have a preference. Uh, Tim H, uh, Maker's Mark Manhattan, classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maggie said Moscow Mule, which is something that we tend to drink quite often. And for those who don't know, Moscow Mule is vodka, ginger beer, lime juice, and it's um, garnished with a lime wedge. It's usually served in those cute little copper mugs. Yep. Probably seen those all over Instagram yes. and Pinterest. Uh, our friend Bill S. says a French 75. Well, it's made from gin, champagne, lemon juice, and sugar, and it dates back to World War I, created uh, in 1915 at the New York Bar in Paris, later Harry's New York, by barkeeper Harry McElhone. Um, it was said to have such a kick that it felt like being shelled by a powerful French 75-millimeter field gun. Sure. I hope I don't ever find out what that what no, that feels like. Nothing good can become of uh, drinking a bunch of those. No. <laughs> well, number one, you better get, have bail money. You get the worst hangover. Champagne gives me the worst hangover, and it's got sugar in it too. Yes. All right. What's the next one on the list? Um, Shannon P said a Sazerac. Um, and, Classic. Mm-hmm. It's usually made with cognac, rye whiskey absinthe and peshads and sugar and it's one of those cocktails where i think like you know people are very passionate about how it's made Uh and there's a lot of uh ritual involved in it and people have some very strong opinions yes and uh a lot of times absinthe is switched out for the herb saint and what's funny is herb saint is i'm probably saying that wrong herb saint herb saint um it's an anagram. It's like a near anagram of uh, absinthe. Okay. So there you go. There's a little bit of trivia for you. Well, some claim that's the oldest known American cocktail with origins dating back to pre-Civil War New Orleans. But I know there's some debate about that. But uh, I'll let people smarter than I am about the history of cocktails debate that. Um, and she also loves the Boulevardier. Yes. That was a it was kind of a surprising uh frequent appearance on lists here. Absolutely. I, I would not have guessed. Yeah. Um our friend Chris M said the next cocktail. <laughs> I like your style. Not not picky apparently. <laughs> <laughs> You'll drink whatever, whatever you're pouring. 
Go ahead and do another one. Yeah, so our, our friend Melissa uh, said uh, she's got a tie. She's got two of them, and these are both kind of interesting, and I want to talk a, a little bit about both. Uh, the first one being Death in the Afternoon, um, which you might know by its other name, the Hemingway. Um, and it's basically absinthe and champagne invented by, obviously, Ernest Hemingway, another Oak Park native. Yes. We were talking about that earlier. Um Cocktail shares the name with Hemingway's 1932 book, Death in the Afternoon. Um, let's see, what else can I say about that? This is what Hemingway wrote in his original instructions for the drink. Pour one jigger of absinthe into a champagne glass. Add iced champagne until it attains the proper opalescent milkiness. And then drink three to five of these slowly. <laughs> 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 Not really known as a man of moderation. Woo. Three to five of those, man, I'd be under the table. Yeah. I'd be like, take me to bed. I'm tired. Now, <laughs> Melissa's other uh, choice was uh, Corpse Reviver number two. And I, I've heard of this. I think there's actually several variations mm-hmm. of like a cor- Corpse Reviver cop- cocktail, but I, I wasn't familiar with this. So I looked this up. It features gin, Lillet Blanc. Orange liqueur and fresh lemon juice. Um, oh, here's here's a little trivia for yeah, you. Yeah, please. Um, Lillet is a, it's known as a tonic wine because it has quinine in it. Okay. And quinine is what is in tonic water. And it's crazy because some people are deathly uh, allergic to to quinine. And they don't know it until, well, obviously, sometimes you don't know you're deadly so allergic to Corpse Survivor it. could be a little misnomer <laughs> in yes. their case. Corpse Creator. <laughs> they have to fill out like a, a, a waiver when, they're, when ordering it at the bar. Right. Are you allergic to, to quinine? <laughs> yes? Okay, this is the Corpse Creator. I believe there was... <laughs> I believe there was an episode of CSI. There actually was. There was an episode of CSI where they were trying to figure out how someone died. And it turned out to be an accident because they were allergic to quinine. Death by quinine. Yes. That's how they met their demise. Yes. Who would have thought? Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a, a family of pre-prohibition cocktails that were consumed for the sole purpose of rousing the drinker from the dead. So it was kind of like a hangover cure, in a sense. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> a hangover creator, one of the two. <laughs> Do you have a hangover cure? Do you have a... I know there's, there's no. a lot of debate, debate among people. No, I like cures. when I'm hungover, I really... The thought of drinking You know more, what mine is? Giving me a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. And then after that, five mile run, shot of bacon grease, eat one raw onion. Oh my God, shut up. You're such a liar. Respite, <laughs> he's, <laughs> li- he's lying no, to you no, all. No, hear me out. And then I recite the Star Spangled Banner with uh, while doing a handstand. Works every time. Sure. <laughs> I've seen you do that so often. He's such a liar. Come on, work with me here. No. I, I, might, I might be helping someone in need. I will not support your untruths. <laughs> My tomfoolery. No All more right. ballyhoo. All right. What, All what right. do we got next? All right. Kairos said the Elvis. This is something that I've never heard of. Nor had I. I had to look it up. Um, it's fresh pink grapefruit juice. Okay. Um, if you're, and also, you cannot drink this if you are on certain medications. I never understood why you can't drink grapefruit juice. 
with certain medications. I'm not about to start distilling, uh, <laughs> dispensing medical advice. No. Um, London Dry Gin, uh, okay. St. Germain Elderflower Liqueur, and then India Pale Ale for serving. Do you, with is a grapefruit it, twist. Is it like a, oh, is it kind of like, is, I wonder if the IPA is like a chaser, like for a Bloody Mary. Yeah, I'm not sure. Or, or if it's some kind of like beer cocktail thing. I feel like it's like a chaser, like for like the Bloody Mary thing. Huh. We're, we're going to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Oh, and he also has a, ver- he has a version that he calls the Alien Corpse Reviver number 51. Okay, which is kind so of kind area of fifty one yes. kind of thing. Okay, mm-hmm. I'd be curious to know what that was. He didn't elaborate on it. No. So. Uh, Troy P. He's got he's got his own old fashioned uh, game down. All right, and this is it. So he okay. starts with bourbon, of mm-hmm. course, uh, and he he had some very specific ones like Buffalo Trace, seventeen ninety two, Bullet Woodford. So and you know any I would say like kind of mid level decent yes. bourbon, all admirable. Uh, orange cello. Interesting. And then barrel-aged maple syrup. Okay. Uh, brandied cherry, which is muddled, and then garnished with an orange peel. Twist and rim the glass with the oil. That sounds freaking delightful. Nice. Yum. All right. Okay. Uh, Thad E said Boulevardier. Uh I think you might have a typo there. It says Boulevard. No, I think that's what he wrote, but oh. I think he meant Boulevard because I, I couldn't find a cocktail named Boulevard because I was second guessing myself and saying like, oh, did he, is there a drink called Boulevard that I'm not familiar with? But I think that's what he meant. Thaddeus. It's Boulevardier. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm like shocked at how popular it is. I, I, I feel the same way. All right. So our friend Mikey B., he doesn't do anything half-assed. He does not. Remind <laughs> me not to go out with him. And if I do... I will be collecting you. Yes. <laughs> um, the first one is a Bahama Mama, which is rum, rum with coconut flavoring, grenadine, orange juice, pineapple juice, crushed ice in an electric blender, and you blend it till it's slushy. Okay, that is a hangover waiting to yes. happen. Holy that's a, that's a lot of sugar. Right? And his second one is a painkiller, um, which is a twist on the pina colada. I've never had one of these either. Um, painkiller, it's fruity and rich, and it's made with dark rum, pineapple juice, orange juice, cream of coconut. There's a suntan lotion in, in there too, isn't oh there? Oh my gosh. Um, and it, apparently it was created in the 70s at the Soggy Dollar <laughs> Soggy Dollar Bar. Of course it was. In, in, I love that name, the Soggy Dollar, uh, in the British Virgin Islands. And then the third one, I think we've had a zombie before. I think we used to get zombies at the Red Dragon. If you remember having a zombie before, you haven't had one. <laughs> uh, the zombie, it's a tiki drink. I think we might have, did we make a zombie for... From the Tiki book? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe we didn't. I think my better judgment would have uh, prevailed. I really do think that we had them at the Red Dragon. There used to, there was this Chinese restaurant in Minneapolis where they would serve the big like punch bowl drinks and you would go there with a huge table full of people and just get lit. And it was always a great time. I just remember at closing time, some like big grizzled (laughs) looking ex-con 
bouncer guy would walk around with like, a Louisville slugger and be like, being like, get out. Closing time. Get out. <laughs> I think that's why you went there was for that, like that warmth, yes. welcoming vibe that they created. Well, um, it was just at closing that the vibe wasn't so great. All right. So anyway, nothing good comes from any of those drinks that no. Mikey mentioned. Uh, so the, but the zombie, um, is uh it's huge uh it <laughs> features three different rums puerto rican 151 Ooh, no <laughs> along with lime juice uh falernum i don't know what that is grenadine a few drops of anise flavored liqueur and don's mix which is cinnamon syrup, simple syrup mixed with grapefruit juice. That's too many accessories. Woof. You know what happens when you drink that? You lose your wallet. You forget where you parked your car. You break your phone. And you find out that you ordered like $500 worth of beach towels with Steven Seagal riding a white tiger on them. Sure. And then you're like, what did I do? Uh, yeah. Nothing good can come out of it. No. You're just left with regret. And uh, let's see. Victor K said Blanton's neat. I can co-sign with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Classic. Uh, don't know if it classifies as a cocktail, but favorite drink? Sure. Yeah. Um, Maxwell Gregory, 2018, said Dirty Martini. Also a good old fashioned. Mm-hmm. Classics. All right, Balmer. What are yours? Balmer I don't. Picks? I don't think I've ever asked you this. Well, I mean, I'll never turn down a good cocktail. So. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I would say here's, here's my list. Campari with a splash of soda mm-hmm. garnished with, uh, orange, a really simple, good gin and tonic with a lime wedge, which is what we used to drink a lot when yes. we were first dating. G&T's, mm-hmm. G&T's baby. Um, I'm kind of partial to, um, Hendrix mm-hmm. for the gin and tonics. Yes. Although Tanqueray works fine for me too, mm-hmm. as does, uh, Bombay. Mm-hmm. Um, vodka lemonade with the uh, rosemary sprig, yes. which I was first introduced to in Las Vegas when we went there, and uh, it's been a favorite since. You know what's funny is uh, on my Facebook timeline, um, uh, a photo popped up from that trip. I was sitting there with a big old beer, and yeah, it was twelve years ago. Probably a little buzzed. But I'm sure I was. <laughs> well, because we went there for our uh, anniversary. Yes, and we got we got remarried by Elvis. Yep. Yes. The real Elvis. <laughs> the real Elvis. Uh, and then otherwise, like I can appreciate a really good Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are yours? My favorite is a vodka martini uh, with the vermouth just swished in the glass, and then you get rid of it. Yep. Um, Pretty dirty, lots of olive juice, and blue cheese olives. That's such a basic bitch drink, (laughs) (laughs) but I love it so much. Um, And my other is a bourbon sour. Okay. Which uh, it's bourbon, lemon juice, simple syrup, and an egg white, and it gets shaken up. And I prefer to pour it over, um, well, I don't have access to pebble uh, pebble ice so I just hammer a bunch of ice with a meat tenderizer in a plastic bag so it breaks up and then I pour put that it in your phone <laughs> artisanal pebble ice I'm sure someone in Brooklyn is making it I'm sure they are but yeah and it's all like sweet sour a little bit frothy mm. okay okay I wouldn't have guessed that second one but the, the first one I could have guessed yes 
Um, I'm always like, oh, I just want a martini. That's the, and that is the first drink that I will order when we go out. It's usually what she says first thing in the morning when she wakes up. <laughs> oh, I really want, <laughs> I really want a martini. Should we dive into the book? Let's do it. All right, I think we we've discuss this yes. ad nauseum. <laughs> Focus on the nauseum part. Um, thanks to everyone that contributed. That was a fun one. It was. Um, so this book, uh, the PDT cocktail book, we've had on our shelf in our permanent uh, personal collection for a number of years. And I think it just got kind of forgotten about and mm-hmm. kind of neglected. And then just recently, um, in addition to whatever cookbook we happen to be working on, we've been pulling some of these cocktail books off the shelf just to kind of uh, make our weekend drinking a little more fun and interesting. And this is one that we reached for, and I I kind of forgot about it, didn't really remember anything about it, and then was pleasantly surprised when I started paging through it. And, and, I mean, the first thing that grabs your attention is these beautiful illustrations throughout. Mm -hmm. There is not a single photo in the book. It's all illustrated. So that eliminates one category that we have to Mm -hmm. rank this on. But uh, these illustrations are a huge component of it. So this book is named after uh, PDT, Please Don't Tell, which is a New York City speakeasy tucked behind a phone booth. Of course. I wonder if there's still a phone booth there, though. I, I believe there is. Okay. Um, so it's inside this East Village hot dog joint named Criff Dogs, C-R-I-F. Um, the book boasts over 300 recipes, which is a mix of both classic and original creations. Um, and then, you'll hear about this in a second, but there is a section of celebrity chef-inspired hot dogs, which they serve in this bar from next door Criff Dogs. Um, these are not ordinary hot dogs. These Sh- are Chicago people, if you have ever been to hot dogs, think of it in that kind of terms. Yes. Kind hot- of clever, fussy, gourmet hot dogs. Delicious. Yes. Delicious. So we'll get to those in a second, but that's kind of the, the background of this book. And then um, let's talk about the drinks that we made. So the, obviously, people, this was... Spread out over several weekends. <laughs> this is not a project we tackled on some like weekend bender or something. So let's just get her all done. So we just like you know try a different cocktail every weekend, and uh, you know ended up with some some great new discoveries. All right. So what we made? We made the bee's knees. We made apple mint crisp, vesper, little bit country, cherry pop. And then we made a Chang dog. Yes. So, and I should also say that we we kind of planned ahead and tried to make cocktails based on like some stuff that we had on hand. We weren't going to go crazy and like buy, you know, several hundred dollars worth of ingredients that we knew we'd only use for this one cocktail. So, we, you know, we tried to think of it from a practical approach mm-hmm. too. And and just things that we actually wanted to drink. I yes. mean, there's plenty of things in there that, you know, if that appeals to you, you do you. Yeah. You're nuts. But like, you know, we, we've got some very specific tastes when it comes to cocktails. Yeah. Like we didn't make any tequila. Nah, Te- I'm, nah. I'm not really a tequila girl. Not super much into rum. I mean, I've had some delicious rums, but I'm, it's n- not really my thing. But so, yeah. So pretty much everything we made is either... Um, uh, Gin, vodka, or bourbon. 
So um, Bee's Knees was just like a nice, really light, refreshing drink. Uh, it had uh, honey syrup in it. Um, lemon juice? Lemon juice uh, and gin. And just it makes you think of the summer. Yep. It's light and refreshing. Um, and I believe it was invented in 1930s, in the 1930s by Frank Meyer at the Ritz in Paris. Well, aren't we fancy? Yeah. Well, it, there it, we go. Kind of an antiquated term of endearment where you'd be like, you know, this cocktail is the bee's knees. Johnny Balmer, you're the bee's yep. knees. Or like when men would, would speak, you know, like, check out the walking sticks on that game. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of stuff. Walking sticks. But that was good. It was. It, I, I could picture this being like a real nice, like kind of summer sipper mm-hmm. kind of thing. Real clean and refreshing. So no complaints about that. And, you know, simple. So we had all the ingredients on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about this mint apple crisp. Sure. How do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to bust that out. So I'm sure this you This is were. kind of like a spin on a sacatini, I guess it would be. Um, it has uh, five ingredients. Vodka, sake, uh, simple syrup, Granny Smith apple, and mint. And then there's a garnish of honeydew melon. So I guess it's six ingredients. Which I thought was really weird. Did you really? The the honeydew? I don't know. You thought it was out of place? Well, yeah. Well, because here's the thing. Like in food, like I always feel like you don't do, you don't garnish with something that isn't part of a dish. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw a sprig of rosemary on something that has, there's not a single rosemary well, I wouldn't throw a whole sprig of rosemary on anything in the first place. But like... Interesting, because I feel like that's done quite often with yeah, dishes. Yeah, I don't know. I just... It's kind of a thing. Like, I feel you. Or like if you put like an orange... Oh, what drives me crazy is like when people like put an orange slice on something, like a breakfast plate. Or like De- like Denny's will do that. Yeah. An orange sprig. Along with that or, sprig of parsley that yes. no one's going to eat. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> just why? Not even like finely diced parsley where you could just eat it with the meal, but just like a sprig of yes. parsley. Like you're going to chew on that. And it's the bullshit curly parsley too. Get some flat leaf parsley. There is nothing wrong with curly nope. parsley. Hate it. You be quiet. Um, but I also think that the, the honeydew drove me crazy because... Uh, the, okay, the store did not have any whole honeydews. And so we got like chunks of honeydew. And I used the tiniest, the world's smallest melon baller to, <laughs> to make these little balls of honeydew. And it was just a pain in my ass. So I was like, oh, honeydew, I hate you. Well, I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a good drink. It was good. It was, it was, um, Really refreshing, and I thought the the apple and the mint were like really lovely. <laughs> sure. If you're, if you're feeling a little, little peckish, this is the drink for you. <laughs> Want to talk about the Vesper? Sure. Um, the inspiration, uh, well, it's the inspiration for the whole line, Shake and Not Stir, yep. uh, because it was... Um, it was a cocktail that was made in 1953 for James Bond's love interest in Casino Royale. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen Casino Royale. We should watch it tonight. I am not a James Bond 
Oh. I don't know. I've oh, I've always that's, just been like, skip it. That's a that's a whole other rabbit hole to go down. I know. Well, that and like the Lord of the Rings and you know the the Harry Potter. There are like, way more James Bond episodes movies than uh, than Lord of the Rings and and uh, Harry Potter combined. I know. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the that's tan- a whole separate podcast. The, the tangents we're taking. Um, anyway, it's just uh, it's gin and vodka and Lillette Blanc, and it's garnished with a lemon twist. And you can either shake it or stir it. Uh, I believe in this book it said to shake it. Um, yeah, so it'll make you feel like a villain, I guess. Yeah. So super simple. Refreshing. I loved it. A uh, little bit country was the next one. Now this was interesting because this was our introduction to Luxardo Maraschino liqueur, which dates back to the 18th century, and it's created by distilling uh, Marasca cherries. Um, did you think it tasted like cherries? To I- me, no. It tasted well. Okay, there was a, a a very subtle hint. To me, it tasted the way. The maraschino smells, but it tastes more like vanilla and almond, and it is cloyingly sweet. And it's got a pretty, it's pretty hefty. Yes, it's thirty-two percent alcohol. So mm-hmm. you know, don't be fooled by its uh, innocent appearance. And this Packs a punch. This this cocktail actually did lean a little bit too sweet for me, but there was a little surprise because you muddle it with some uh, jalapeno. Yes, seeds included. Include, yeah, including and a few seeds. Yeah, and so you get that like li- there's a little back end of heat, but it was a little bit sweet for me. Okay, so well, okay, so we should tell people it's yes. bourbon. The Luxardo liqueur, Mm -hmm. and then it gets mixed with uh, lemon juice, maple syrup, and a a few slices of jalapeno with the seeds. And then you finish it off with a dash of both the (laughs) Angostura, that thing, and uh, orange bitters. Um, So there's a subtle heat to it, Mm -hmm. Um, but you thought it leaned a little sweet. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then... Another drink that had uh, the Luxardo in it was the Cherry Pop. And uh, it's actually kind of an homage to our home state of Minnesota, where everyone says pop. Instead of soda. Yes. I and say soda. I do, too. Huh. And, and I mean, I'm not making fun of Minnesotans. For Christ's sakes, right now, as we speak, I'm wearing a T-shirt that says Ufta on it. So there you go. I love my Minnesota roots. Um, but yeah, it's got, um, it's a gin based drink. Yes. And it calls for pebble ice. Where the hell do you get pebbled ice? Not around here. <laughs> not in our, not in our traditionally Polish neighborhood of, of Portage Park here. No, but There's it's no pebble uh, ice to be found. <laughs> it's, um, you muddle cherries with some simple syrup, gin, lemon juice, and Luxardo. This was probably one of the more attractive drinks that we had. Yes. Like a nice pink hue to it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was gorgeous. Yes. And I think that's pretty much what everyone, like people were commenting on that about how it was such a lovely color. That in the mint apple crisp. People were like, oh, the color is so beautiful. Agreed. So, I mean, I guess mission accomplished with these drinks. Like we were kind of turned on to some new ingredients mm-hmm. and we had some like really fun cocktails and it was 
nice to go beyond just the you know typical you know whatever we might make if left to our own devices like uh like a rum and coke what i don't think we'd have a rum and coke never but uh all right and then this is this is the star of the book in my opinion the chang dog chang dog so as we mentioned before there's a whole section of uh chef curated hot dog recipes in this book that are served at the bar and these are no ordinary hot dogs so he consulted with uh the likes of wiley dufresne danielle hume david chang which is the one that we chose um and there's a couple of metal doors connecting Criff dogs to pdt and they serve them right through there um these are kind of elevated dogs and um definitely would be welcome after a few cocktails i think so we knew that we were going to make one of these so that meant ahead of time we had to make um some kimchi that goes atop the dog and of course that takes time Mm -hmm. two weeks to be specific and uh, so two weeks ahead of time, we made this kimchi and let it ferment in our fridge. And then the hot dogs get wrapped in bacon and they're supposed to be fried. But rather than fry them, we put them in our air fryer, which worked beautifully. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit more healthier or at least, you know, that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> sure, a bacon wrapped <laughs> hot dog. You, you go with that, Balmer. That's fine. Uh, we got these really great hot dogs from our neighborhood deli that had this nice like snap to them. They, they were, were like veal some, hot dogs. Oh, they were so snappy. Yeah, they were great. Um, and then it had this this kimchi on top. Um, the kimchi was a little, it, it leaned a little bit to, it was really funky. But it, was it was assertive in it the was fish good. sauce yes. flavor department. So if we were to make this again, which I, I think I'm kind of, coming around to just making our own kimchi rather than buying it at the store. But well, yeah, we just because need to I settle on a formula that we that we like and I, a, and a time to ferment it. I can't eat a lot of the store bought kimchi because it has shrimp paste in it. Your arch nemesis. Yes. You're so, allergic. Yes. So we I mean there are vegan options out there, but especially like when you're in like when you're in H Mart and you're trying to read there's a whole entire wall of kimchi and you're having to sit there read all the labels to make sure that it doesn't have shrimp paste in it or so. uh yellow number five because you don't want any of that what i <laughs> yellow number five okay i've just always been like told to stay away from it okay. since since childhood okay all right uh, <laughs> well now we've reached the ranking portion of this and uh before we share our own Let's talk about the most critical Amazon reviews. And I found a couple of them, and these are these are great. Um, I'm gonna have you, I'm gonna have you do the first one because this is a good one. Okay. So, so you get you got your uh, critical Amazon okay. reviewer voice. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> it's always a dude. Why it's why I is know. it always the dudes that I have know. to ruin all the fun? Because they just do. Men. All right. Men. Go for it. <laughs> um, very expensive to make these bad tasting drinks. If you have an extra $4 million lying around to buy bar ingredients, then this is the book for you. That's what it costs to make all the drinks in this book. Unfortunately, 
60 to 70 percent of the drinks. Oh, so apparently he did have four million dollars laying and, and around and he, to make and he these tasted drinks. tasted them all. Yes, they tasted awful. The author may be a world renowned, but most of his concoctions are out of balance. There are other better books out there. And, and you know, well, it should rump. be noted that these were not all the author's creations. It's kind of a yes, absolutely. It's kind of a, a mix of classic cocktails, which were invented way before any of us were born and uh some author creations and here's the thing most of the drinks had three to five ingredients some of which would be a simple syrup a bitters or like a citrus juice i mean it's it's not that expensive (laughs) I, i don't know what to say all right so and and so the this next review comes courtesy of wiring guy and he says PDT sucks because they won't let you in because you need a reservation. Don't bother with this book. It sucks. Recipes suck. Everything sucks. <laughs> wow. I bet he'd be great to date. Yep. Mm, he's so, probably rude to the wait staff, too. I can tell you what happened. This guy went to New York City, probably not even on a vacation because he's probably wouldn't visit New York City on a vacation. He probably went for like something work-related or something. And so he gets there... He figures, like Michael Scott from The Office, that he'll get some authentic New York City pizza, like Sabaro, and then go check out a, a Broadway show like Wicked, go to maybe a taping of Dr. Oz, go to Nobu because Robert De Niro owns that, and he really liked him and analyzed this. <laughs> and then he went to this PDT place and, you know, didn't realize that it's kind of a New York City hotspot and you might need a reservation. Right. And he just thought he'd, like, go in like he was going to, like, Joe's Burger Hole in, <laughs> in like, the wherever he's from in, like, Alabama. My apologies to people in Alabama, but... You live in Alabama. Um, And he was very disappointed. And so, therefore, he took out his experience at the bar on the book, which seems a little misguided. Poor man. Yeah. I feel so bad for him. He didn't get his way. He didn't get his way. Oh. Someone said no to him. Oh, the mediocre white dude. Sorry, man. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's dive into our rankings, which differed from those. Um, and, th- th- you know, we get a we get it easy this week because we did not have to discuss food photography and styling at all because there is none to speak of. None. It was all beautiful illustrations. And the book does not suffer as a result. Um, but we'll we'll start with design and layout. What do you got for that? I gave it a four. OK. Um, here's the thing. And you and I, I know, differ on this. I prefer to have cocktail books um, organized by what spirit. Okay. And this one is not. It's it's um, organized alphabetically, mm-hmm. but there is an index in the back. Yeah. So if you want a gin cocktail, look under gin. Right. And you're not alone in that critique because if you read some of the Amazon reviews in addition to these (laughs) where people were kind of critical of it, that is what they had to say. Yeah. It didn't bother me, but you're not alone. All right. Keep going. Um, Is that it? Yeah. Anything more? I mean, yeah. All right. I'm going to fight you on this. Okay. (laughs) Put those dukes up. I I got a five. I gave it a five. Okay. Uh, Beautiful book. 
I mean, embossed cover, keyhole, dust jacket, illustrations throughout the book are phenomenal. And there's tons of them. Like, you will not miss the food photography because, like, it's filled with illustrations. Um, as you pointed out, the recipes are alphabetical by the drink name. So if you know the name of the drink, you can just find it easily within the book. Um, there's usually a couple drink recipes per page. Mm-hmm. Very well laid out, um, easy to read and follow. There's a little sidebar that will instruct you of the drinks and the origins and you know the provenance of it. Um, plenty of useful information within the pages on setting up a home bar, as well as kind of a, a spirits primer. You can hear Olive barking in the background. I think she wants some of that bacon fat from earlier. Um, there's a whole section devoted to seasonal mixology. So, you know, if you are feeling something because of the, the weather outside, you've got that. There's a useful resource guide for tools, equipment, books, online forums. If you really want to take a deep dive into the cocktail culture. Um, and then lastly, there's an extensive um, reading list called the Bartender's Library where you can do some additional reading. Uh, and then, as you pointed out, the index uh, contains the drinks listed by their base spirit. So if you do, and that's kind of how I worked through the book when I was choosing the recipes that I did. And, yeah. and was just, you know, we've got bourbon on hand. We've got vermouth. We've got this, you know. And, and so that was how we could kind of navigate this and, and make things without spending, um, what was it, $4 million, as, <laughs> as James said in his review. So, all right, four, five. Yes. Uh, degree of difficulty, what'd you give it? Well, I I'd split it into two parts. Okay. Cocktails, I think, were like a two. I don't okay. think anything was like super difficult to make. Now, I assume that you aren't a complete dummy that you have a modest home bar so you're not just starting from scratch here so you've got a cocktail shaker you've got you know you know what you would need to make some basic cocktails i didn't think there was anything in there that was like too crazy when it comes to the food i.e the hot dogs that's when it gets a little nuts (laughs) and for that i gave it a four Uh because if you're gonna like lean into the hot dog recipes um, they're definitely more involved and require more time and skill it, it, like that two week kimchi. Okay. Um, there's a Wiley Dufresne dog, which we did not even consider making. <laughs> it has tomato molasses, which you have to make ahead of time. Sure. Fried mayonnaise, which I would, I just, it gave me a headache looking at the recipe for that. <laughs> Hot dog breadcrumbs, dehydrated onions, that's before you even get to the hot dog part. <laughs> so we did not make that. So basically I gave this book a two. I don't think people are buying this to make hot dog recipes. So if, if they're just buying it as a cocktail companion, two. Okay. So I gave it a three kind of because of the combination of that. Um, there are There are some like homemade mixers that you need to make like different simple syrups like a honey syrup or right. whatnot. Um, but notice like mm -hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt no that's fine notice like it didn't call on you to make like bitters from scratch or like any of the different liqueurs like it it was very straightforward as far as like get some orange bitters get some you know 
this liqueur, you know, so like yeah. I, I thought that that was good, at least where it wasn't expecting people to go make your own limoncello. Right. right. Um, well, yeah, most of the drinks are like three to five ingredients at the most. Right. Um, and here's here's a good way to look at it. It's either a great way to expand your home bar. Right. Or to you make a cocktail using what you already have. Right. So. And I think we kind of treated it as both within reason. Like mm-hmm. we weren't about to go out and buy very special ingredients for one cocktail, knowing that we might not ever use that bottle again and it would just sit neglected in our home bar. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, it turned us on to that Luxardo cherry liqueur, which we've used many a time now in cocktails. See, I can tell you, I know for sure that we've had Luxardo before. Okay. I know for a fact. We just didn't have any on hand. So that no, was we didn't. We, we had, had to go buy. get some. Yeah. But I know we've had it just because I, I remember buying it once because I love the little, uh, it's kind of the, a, the little wicker. Yes. The little wicker encasement on the bottle. It's a cool looking bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, Olive says hi, everyone. Yes. Uh, taste. Uh, five. Okay. Uh, I think we knew what to expect with most of these drinks that we made. Mm-hmm. I think all were executed properly. They were all delicious. I had no complaints about them. You know, there, like you said, there were some that maybe leaned a little too sweet for our personal taste or something. But, you know, there was nothing we had to dump out or no. did not enjoy. So what'd you have? I gave it a four. Okay. Um, Every drink that we made was very distinct from each other, which is good. Um, but yeah, the little the little bit country leaned too sweet, and I kind of wonder, you know, if some of the other cocktails were like that. I mean, because we only made, you know, we only made a handful of cocktails, right? And one of them I didn't love. I mean, it was good, but it leaned a little sweet. But I gave it a four. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, this one's going on our shelf, so we can revisit it mm-hmm. anytime. Mm-hmm. So, okay, guys. So if you enjoyed the show, please rank and review it. Uh, follow us on social media at we underscore cook underscore books. Uh, that's our Instagram. And our Facebook is at we cook books. All right. I, I, I gave you a little teaser at the beginning of the show all right give it to me funny guy yep here's a joke that you can share with all your children you don't have to send them scurrying out of the room because this is this is not a dirty joke hey what do whales eat fish and ships (laughs) (laughs) right that's a cute one that is cute kids are gonna love it all right thanks for listening everyone have a fantastic week And uh, be safe out there. Be safe. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated. (laughs) On behalf of all of (laughs) them. Take care.